and welcome to We Bought a Mic, a pop culture bracket cast coming to you with a very special episode in quarantine, trying to keep things fresh, trying to keep things fun, doing A24 Studios, A- A24 Films. I don't know what their official name is, but we're doing a little tournament bracket here for you guys. I'm Ernest. Uh, happy May Madness to everybody. I am Hunter. I am Drew, but I'll also be answering uh, these with Skimbleshanks' opinion in mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I don't want to hear, know what Skimbleshanks has to say about Moonlight. He loved it. Can't it can't be good. Much. Oh, okay. No, yeah, on the we, other hand, <laughs> no. <laughs> we should say that... Um, Hunter went through the work of like tweaking the actual bracket that we're going to be working off of. And we'll post it on the Twitter so everybody can see it. And uh, what? why don't you listeners go, go ahead and go on the Twitter right now. Uh, look at the bracket, screenshot it, download it, whatever. Stop the podcast right now. Fill it out. Go ahead and fill it out right now. Take like five minutes to see where you land and then resume the podcast. Uh, and see how your picks match up with ours, okay? Yes, so I should say, this one that I'm using, I uh, I found a A24 bracket that somebody else made, uh, uncredited, because uh, I don't know, I don't remember where I found it. I found it on Google, so I'm sorry, whoever originally made this. But it was made back in 2018, and uh, it didn't include any recent movies, and it also included a lot of movies that either none of us have seen or only one of us has seen. So I went through here and put newer movies on there and took off some movies that I know for a fact that uh, either I am the only person I've seen or like just none of us have seen anything like that. So like RIP to like 20th century women and um, a few other films that I did nix just because I have not seen those movies. And I know nobody else has in this chat. Yeah, I'm sure just, that they're very fine, very, very enjoyable films. Yeah, I'm sure Slow West is not slow and not West. I'm sure it's Zippity Zoppity North. Yeah, um, Mississippi Grind. Yeah, um, so we wanted we wanted to keep it in line with a lot of the stuff that we've been talking on this show about um, because we do stand a lot of these movies. And uh, again, like I just said, we don't have any new movies out. So this is a way to kind of keep things fresh and keep things exciting. Yeah, so, and I will, I will say right now that I am going to be the person that has seen the least of these. Uh, and I don't feel bad about it. It's fine. Um, it's fine. Okay. Yeah, so the way we're going to do this is we have 32 movies on this bracket. Uh, kind of randomly seated, although Hunter did put a little bit of effort in some of these uh kind of uh, re-seedings that you made with some of these changes, pinning movies together that sort of made sense. Yeah, uh, I we'll, we'll see whenever we get to it. I did try to put, like, some kind of effort into, like, a one seed against, like, a movie that wasn't as well-regarded or anything like that. But also, I wanted to create some fun matchups, so I tried to put, like, some horror movies with each other, some movies about, like, existential dread against each other in the first round. Like, spice it up a little bit here in this first round. Exactly, exactly. So once again, uh, this is enhanced podcasting that will be uh, a better experience if you have a visual aid. So go ahead and pull up the 
bracket itself if you haven't already on the Twitter. Um, and we'll we'll probably post it on Instagram and Facebook as well. But the Twitter will be uh, where you're going to find the highest resolution image. So uh, ground rules. There's three of us. So we have an automatic tiebreaker moving forward as we fill out this bracket. Okay. So movies will be going toe to toe, one versus one. Uh, and we get to pick the best one out of those two. And we'll start narrowing it down bracket style, tournament style until we're in the final four and then in the final two and we'll pick a winner. All right. All right. Sound good. So we have two sides. So I, I say we do one whole side. We'll do the whole left side and then we'll do the whole right side and so on and so on and so on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We'll, we'll work our way through like a normal bracket. Uh, exactly. Just going through the first round and the second round and sweet 16 elite eight, all that. All right. So right off the bat, first round of a 24 may madness. We bought a mic edition Ladybird versus mid nineties. And already we have an instance of not everybody having seen all of these, both of these, because I haven't seen mid nineties and I don't think drew has either. I will neither confirm nor deny that I am going to simply vote for ladybird. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have already made the mistake of, uh, just assuming that one of the two of you had seen this movie. Um, Make make your here's case the, for mid nineties, Hunter. Let's uh, here's go. The thing is that I won't. Um, <laughs> mid nineties is a fine movie. Uh, shout out to Jonah Hill. We love to see him. Uh, it's Lady Bird and a landslide. Here. Oh yeah. All right. So we're gonna grab Lady Bird. Uh, a phenomenal, I will say, perfect film. Yes. Into the next round. All right, so that puts Lady Bird. Sorry, mid-90s. I'm sure you're a fine film. Next round, High Life, which is the Claire Denis, Robert Pattinson space prison joint versus Swiss Army Man, which is the Paul Dano, uh, 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 Daniel Radcliffe uh, corpse that is alive and sings joint. How are we feeling about this one? Um, I mean, I do love me a fuck box. Don't get me wrong. I love, I love any instance of a fuck box in film, but it's Swiss Army Man for me. I know that it's, it's, they're two, I put these two together because they're two very different forms of art. One of right. them is Claire Denis, an auteur who made a, beautiful film that took place in space that was not a sci-fi film uh the other one has daniel ratcliffe's rotting corpse that farts around everywhere um and paul dano uses it to get from places and to use his body for as a tool and the um, beautiful musical score of manchester orchestra carrying yes. us forward um i i did enjoy high life a lot uh but I don't really see myself revisiting High Life. Uh, it's too weird. Honest. Way too weird. It was and one of I'm, those. I love weird shit. I mean, I I'm really like like weird stuff. But it's a movie that kind of. I'm. In, I still want to go back and see some more of a uh, Claire Denis' older films, especially like her non-American productions. But I love Swiss Army Man. 
Yeah, it's a movie. I, I gotta that, go Swiss Army it's Man. It's a movie well. that you either you either love it or you hate it. But uh, I, I absolutely love it. Um, yeah. It's it's a rare example of a movie uh, that uh introduces chaos extremely early and maintains it throughout the film you do not know where things are going you do not know the layer of reality that the movie is existing within and yet it all uh stays intact it's very cohesive yes sensible and it doesn't lose you you don't get to the point where it's just like oh i don't care about anything because it's all fantasy nonsense like you're you stick with it and it holds your attention and it captivates you and i will say it actually hits you in the feels too. Oh yeah. Um, for a movie about oh, yeah. a rotting farting corpse, it, it gets, it gets uh, pretty teary eyed. It, so, it's a weird movie to recommend to people. Right. Like it's a movie that you have to know the person before you just recommend it. I cannot give a blanket endorsement for everybody to check out this movie. Cause it really depends on the type of person that you are. Um, if you're somebody who likes this podcast, though, then chances are that you might be more inclined to enjoy Swiss Army Man. All right, next round. It Comes at Night versus Hereditary. Our first horror showdown here. Uh, it Comes at Night is, of course, Trey Edward Schultz, and Hereditary is, of course, Ari Aster. Uh, this, it's tough, but it's also not tough. It's, it's Hereditary. It's hereditary. Yeah, it's it's good. It's <laughs> I I mean, I I enjoyed it comes at night. I think that's a very inventive horror movie, but very I also tense. Think, I also think hereditary is one of the best horror movies that I've seen in years. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, it comes at night is able to like really really ramp up the suspense and the paranoia and make you sweat, but as a film hereditary just it's a more complete package yep um so we'll bring that over to the next round and we have another trey edward schultz joint in the next round with waves going up against our boys the safty brothers good time waves versus good time this one is a doozy I love both of these movies. Um, I think they're both pretty incredible in their own right. Um, but there is another Safty joint later on that is going to get a lot of love. So I'm going to go with Waves. Whoa. So, Drew. Good time. Have you... Yeah, okay. All right. So that was a quick. So I am now the deciding. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. <laughs> so this hurts me really bad because looking ahead, I we have I did want to say Trey Edward Schultz has three A24 movies on this bracket. Um little preview of what's ahead. Krisha is going up against Moonlight. Um, I don't see it pulling the upset there. I don't want Trey Edward Schultz to get knocked out in the first round. But then again, I also fucking love Good Time. Good Time is incredible. Don't think about context. Just think about the winner of this. I'm thinking of Matt. Look, I am the NCAA tournament right now, and I'm trying to make matchups that will have the most eyeballs. No, you're not, (laughs) because the matchups are made. No, you're not trying to do that. We're not fixing. We're not paying the refs. 
I, I think, I think Hunter up. has already paid the refs. I think it's too late for that. <laughs> this hurts me, Trey. It really does, because I really loved you. Shout out Orlando boys. Uh, but I got to go with good time. Oh, damn. Waves is out it in the hurts. first round. It hurts so hard because Waves is like my number six last year. Like, I really fucking love that movie. Drew, please watch Waves. Watch Waves. You have nothing better going on. Um, so, arguable. Good time moves on uh, to the next round. Next, we got Alex Garland's Ex Machina versus the last black man in San Francisco. How are we feeling about this one? Hunter, I think you've done a really good job of balancing every bracket with a movie I have seen versus one that I haven't seen. <laughs> And for that, and that for that reason, I'm grateful that I have just as much of a say as you guys do. Um, well, so you hey, guys, you guys go first for this one. I mean, then... luckily, I think that as much as I really, really enjoyed uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco for how unique it was, for Joe Talbot's writing and direction, I think that the score for Last Black Man in San Francisco might have been my be- my favorite score of last year. And production any. design too. It's a beautifully yes. looking movie. The cinematography, gorgeous absolutely gorgeous and i put this matchup together because we have one we have two incredible like perfect production designs in two completely different ways uh one's going for very very realism very real and the other one is very sci-fi and i do got to give it to ex machina in this yeah it's not it's not very close to be i'll make it i'll make it unanimous i think ex machina is honestly like top five of all a24 movies i'm gonna go ahead and vote for last black man in san francisco love to see it someday ex machina is a great movie but unfortunately it just doesn't matter you're full of shit it does still lose just so you know that i know that's Um, why i'm trying to make a difference but i appreciate uh, you giving it love good all right next round Another Ari Aster joint, Midsommar versus Yorgos Lantemos, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Uh, this one, you know, we just advanced an Ari Aster with Hereditary, and I believe there is more Yorgos down the line. Yeah, well, there's, may- uh, the lobster is right, uh, is coming up here. Okay. So... Uh, yeah, a couple of Yorgos in there. I guess the fa- the favorite wasn't um A24. The no, favorite wasn't A24. Right. All right, so Midsummer versus Killing of a Sacred Deer. Uh both very strange and unsettling movies, both very kind of oblique, uh angular, unsettling. Um I think both are flawed and both are a little bit too ambitious for what they are trying to achieve, but Midsommar is more effective in my opinion. And and it makes for a better movie watching experience, even though it is very off-putting and is very upsetting. It it just makes, if you, if you like that kind of thing and you like to be challenged, Midsommar um, is a, is a better time. Although I, I'm sure there's people that love Killing of a Sacred Deer just as well, and people love the the weird ride that that movie takes you on. Um, but I think I got to go Midsummer. 
Drew, have you seen? I know you did not see. You were not on our Midsummer review. Just cast your vote, Hunter. Too... Just, just, just give your vote. I'll come in if um, I need to. So you said that Midsummer is a flawed movie, and I push back against that because I think that Midsummer is a near perfect film. Uh, Midsummer advances. I love you, Yorgos, but I'm sorry, Midsummer for me. All right. It's a damn shame that the favorite is an A24. The favorite would be like a. a two or three seed in this yeah movie. yeah for sure all right so Mitsumar advances next we got the lobster versus green room two very good movies yeah the lobster is yorgos and green room is uh jeremy saulnier about punk rockers stuck in a nazi situation of death how are we feeling about this one Drew, what are your thoughts on this one? You've seen these movies. I'm a, I'm a big fan of both. Um, the Lobster, as I said, I think when we were talking about The Favorite, uh, I didn't realize how much I wanted Yorgos to direct someone else's script until I saw The Favorite. And uh, like you said, uh, describing his other movie, Killing of a Sacred Deer, we're talking oblique, angular, opaque. Uh, and yet it is still very understandable uh, if you like have any, if you're well-versed at all in like film abstraction and like metaphor. Yeah. Uh, it, it, visually incredible, very funny performances. Yes. Uh, unbelievably mm-hmm. understated from everyone involved. Colin Farrell, very good. Nice uh, little belly that Farrell has going on. He's got like a beer belly happening. Yeah. Um, just Yeah. Lovely all around. Uh, I think that I'm going to vote for Green Room though. Okay. Uh, Hell Yeah because i think that the lobster is a tad bit hamstrung by yorgos's own tendencies in that at times it is a little too persnickety for me in it's in its writing and its execution um and green room is a very straightforward fucking nightmare of a movie that just does not let up on an unbelievable feeling of dread that I uh, don't experience often watching movies because I'm very picky about my horror. Uh, and this is uh, really like top tier for me. It's an incredible yeah. movie. Yeah, Rest in peace, I, Anton I Yelchin. Yes, yes. And, and one of yeah. possibly like his best performances that he left us with. And the movie is it's very contained. You know, it doesn't stray into any direction that it's not capable of going into. Uh, I mean, I really appreciate movies that do that, that that's just stick to it's one thing it's trying to do and it does it as well as possible. So I'm going to go green room too. Oh, let's go, oh, man. Okay. I won't make it unanimous. Uh, just because, I mean, this was a, a tough match. This is a matchup that I did not actually create because I really, really love both of these movies. Um, I think that the lobster is like, it is the most the most Yorgos thing that he's ever done. I don't think that's the best thing that he's ever done, but it's the most Yorgos thing that he has ever done. Um, it is so wild in the most fantastical way of choosing what animal you will become whenever you die. And I just think the diner scene at the end of the lobster is yeah. just 
with one of the, the best endings ever with it's blind so- blind uh rachel vice is just absolutely incredible i really really love the lobster i also love green room a lot but i would give the lobster the edge but i am being outruled here in my own also practice. uh shout out to our boy john c Riley. yes yes protect him at king. all costs um all right so green room advances next round we have oh boy (laughs) what's going on this doc right now here we go here we go all right green room what is happening okay just trying to advance green room Looks like you got to advance the lobster. It looks like the lobster, they're stepping in right now and giving the lobster the W. (laughs) This is the fixed matchups that I was talking about. Yeah, I think you're stepping in, Hunter. I'm just, I'm hacking into your computer as we speak. And uh, um, so next up, we have a matchup of two people who are trapped against their will into the same room. Um, that's about where the similarities end for the, these films. Uh, it is Room against Climax. Yes, Brie what Larson in Room, and uh, what's his face? The um, Gaspar No. Yeah, Climax. Um, I uh, so Climax did to give it credit. I don't know if I will ever watch it again. Uh, it did make me never want to do drugs ever again after seeing this movie. Uh, I had a small anxiety attack in the theater while seeing Climax. And I won't say I enjoyed myself, but it affected me. And I have to recognize that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I sobbed like a goddamn baby the first time I saw Room. Oh, yeah. Um, it was also where I first discovered my true unadulterated love for brie larson and where i realized that she might be the love of my life so and she did win an academy award won an academy award for this movie and i feel like it's been one of those like some people treat it almost like the j-law oscar where people are just like people don't give her credit for how good she is in this fucking movie yeah and i just think room is a guy if honestly if mad max fury road didn't come out that same year it would have been my favorite movie of the year. I think I gave it five stars whenever I saw it. Like it affected me so much, especially the second half of this movie when you see Takes what a happens turn, yeah. in the real family. Like it is just absolutely incredible. Also shout out to Jacob Tremblay, really yeah. young Jacob Tremblay as uh, the uh, little kid. He is really, really great. Yeah, so- I remember seeing this movie while I was living in England and i didn't have a car so i had to walk to the movie theater and it was like it was like a 45 minute walk maybe a little longer i don't know i was listening to a lot of podcasts then so the time just kind of whizzed by but i remember like this being i think it was the very first movie i went to see in theaters when i first moved there and I had no idea what it was, what was coming. I just knew that it was really fucking good, that everybody was talking about it and that I had to check it out. And like Hunter said, it fucking gutted me. Absolutely emotionally gutted me. Incredible performances, incredible story. Just one of the best movies of the last five years. 
I got to go room as well. Yes. So next, we're starting from the top of the right side. That I thought you were gonna. I thought you were about to stand for climax, Drew. I thought you were about to come in hot. So, can I tell you one of my reasons of putting a climax against room there? Another reason was because um, I really wanted to uh, like make enemy of the podcast Colin angry at us for knocking out climax in the first round of our 24 <laughs> bracket. And I hope that if he does listen to this, I hope that he does get legitimately angry. Cause I know that he would just have climax winning the whole damn thing. So really you're welcome, Colin. Oh man. It's Colin a huge climax head. He's a huge Gaspar. No fan. Damn. He's, he's a huge. Yeah. He likes to be all that shit. challenged by yeah. cinema. Uh, yes. Good for you, Colin. Good for you. You're a you're a stronger uh, man than I am. I, I don't know if I'll ever watch that movie, to be honest with you. All right. We're into uh, the next side of our bracket here, starting with Moonlight versus Krisha. Moonlight versus Krisha. Uh, I am going to say this right now. Moonlight is my number one A24 movie. So it is no contest for me. I got to go Moonlight. I'm sorry, Trey. Trey, I am. I am. I did not mean for it to happen this way. Maybe I should have moved it so I could have two of your movies facing each other in the first round, so that one of them could move past. You have the most entries on this list, and all of yours will be knocked out in the first round. I'm very sorry for that. I did not put Krisha against Moonlight. I think Krisha is a really, really good movie. It's one of the best micro-budget movies that I've ever seen. Like the cast of this movie is just Trey Edward Schultz's family. It's it's absolutely incredible. That's Trey Edward Schultz actually does really good acting himself in this movie, but he's going up against Moonlight, so it, it is Moonlight. All right, so we got Moonlight advancing. Next on the list is Under the Silver Lake versus Under the Skin. Do you guys see what I did there? It's yeah. very clever. You might not <laughs> notice it at first, but... So I think, am I the only one who's seen Under the Silver Lake? Uh, yes, I was really running out of A24 films on here. So I put a movie that I have not even seen. Uh, weird, weird movie, but... It's make, one of those. Make the case for it over under the skin. I I feel like it's one of those movies that will find its audience as time goes on. It's one of those movies that, like, ten years from now, people will be looking back like, "How did nobody pay attention to this movie?" It's so weird, so creative, so unique, so like unlike anything else. It's like the one of the most bizarre things I've seen in a long time. I'm not sure it even makes sense or that it's even like trying to say anything substantial or meaningful, but it has one of the best performances, if, if, if not the best performance that Andrew Garfield has ever given. Um, and it's just like, it keeps zig, zigzagging its story throughout like you never know where the fuck it's going to go because it's just like is it even going anywhere what's the point of all this but it's just one of those things where it's like unlike anything else um but under the skin is that times a hundred where you have no idea if you're even watching a movie at a certain <laughs> point 
And you kind of aren't because they did utilize like real life footage of Scarlett Johansson picking up real guys in Scotland uh, in character. So it's it's like quasi documentary for like half an hour in the middle there. Um, so this is a, a, a tough matchup because they're both very unique creative movies. But if we're talking about like, which one is the most creative and unique? It's Under the Skin. Uh, yeah, I think Under the Skin is a stone cold masterpiece. I think that is pretty much like almost a flawless movie. Like I really think Under the Skin is excellent in every single way. And I have voiced my criticisms of Scarlett Johansson as an actor on this podcast before. And she is unfucking believable in this movie. She is so good. And so like betwixting in her role as like, she seems otherworldly. Is this maybe the best Scarlett? Oh yes. Hands down. It's this or her voice and her. Yeah. Um, are my two favorite roles. Hey, um, hey, we haven't story? seen Black Willow, Black Widow. Oh Yeah. Yeah, Shut no, up. but yeah, marriage story. Seriously, though, is she? It, it's the one that rivals this one for sure. Under the skin is nuts. Um, one of the first art house movies I ever saw, and I thought that like that's what art house cinema was like. And this is more, uh, more insane than almost any other art house film I've seen since in like five years. Yeah, it's bonkers. It, yeah, it's like unparalleled. It's unbelievably weird and uh, very, Dude. very enjoyable. Yeah the guy that has like the fucking deformed face. I, I remember seeing that. And I was like feeling things I couldn't describe. I, I, I didn't know that was allowed in a movie. And like, to think that that's, I don't even think that that was makeup. Like that's like somebody who actually looks like that. I, Under the skin is it. I, I, I haven't seen uh, The Fall yet, Jonathan Glazer's short that he put out last year. He has a movie that's slated to come out in 2021, which will probably get pushed back since it's in the middle of production right now. But he's a guy who just, like, he doesn't really do much writing or directing. Um, He only has, I think, one other movie, like, full-length feature-length movie aside from this, a 2004 film called Birth. Um, Uh, Sexy Beast, also, in 2000. Uh, he directed, he didn't write that movie though. Oh, um, shit. But okay. John, I mean, he is just, he has an incredible eye for cinema, and I cannot wait to see whatever he does. All right. So, Under the Skin advances. Sorry, Under the Silver Lake. Maybe you'll have your, uh, your time next time. Next round, Lean on Pete versus Enemy. So, I- have any of you guys else seen lean on Pete? yes i saw it i saw it on an airplane and i cried my eyes out in that airplane because that is one of the saddest movies i've seen ever it is it is so sad do not see that movie unless you're ready to be fucking devastated but because i know that hunter is gonna go enemy i'm gonna go lean on pete and i'm gonna leave it up to drew 
to decide. I think, because I think, I Hunter, hope, I think Hunter would kill me if I picked Lena and Pete. So here's, so <laughs> here's it's, the thing. It's really no, good. It's a Lena really fucking good movie. Lena and Pete was in my top 10 of 2018. Like, I think this one hurt me because I was running out of spaces to put things and I had to match it up against Enemy. I didn't want this movie to get knocked out in the first round. Like, I think that Lena and Pete is an incredible, incredible, effective movie about like, and I think that uh, uh, Charlie Plummer is just excellent in this role. Like he is so good. Yeah, devastating. But Enemy is uh, on Letterbox when you can put your top four movies or like the four movies that kind of inform your interests. Enemy is on my list. It's my favorite Denis Villeneuve film. Um, Enemy is still to this day, I've probably seen Enemy honestly like over 10 times, like not an exaggeration. Uh, Because it's 90 minutes and it's still just absolutely perfect in every way. One of the perfect psychological thrillers that I've ever seen. Uh, So it is enemy for this one, but I do love Lean on Pete. All right, Drew, you're the tiebreaker here. (sighs) Hunter, I'll do enemy, okay? (laughs) (laughs) You You haven't even seen Lean on Pete. Go with the movie that at least you've seen. I have a feeling I would like Lean on Pete more too. In which the is event a sad of a part. tiebreaker, you have to go with a movie that you have seen. Unless okay. you're a fuckboy. Well, uh, I have seen the next two on the list. So enemy advances. Uh next we have the disaster artist versus uncut gems. The the disaster artist, a movie I loved when we all went to see it at the movies, have not thought about it since. Really, really fun time in the theater did not stick at all uncut gems however the opposite has stuck with me even more so as time goes on i want to dive more into that world as it goes on as time goes on so you know i i I appreciate the effort from franco and, and team and i think that they put together a really really entertaining movie but it's it's come on. Give me another shot. Give me another shot. So I'm going to answer uh, this bracket with <laughs> actually uh, something just for the podcast hosts and not for the listeners at all. I'm just going to hold up a Blu-ray with my answer. Oh, this is how I win. This is how it, Hunter it, wins. It is, it is Uncut Gems. That oh, I did. man. I Have bought, you popped that baby in yet? I bought it's 4K. It's made out of solid gold. There is a warning <laughs> that it will break uh your disc player if you try to put it in yeah there. it's meant to so be worn it, as a chain yeah, yeah. it um, came with a furby that is solid gold oh no and i stole it and i have had people uh like waiting outside my doors for me to leave my house and i am very scared right now yeah uh disaster artist was a lot of fun uh but i think that there was a lot more room for depth in that movie um because uh, of the they, subject like, they matter, t- yeah. Well, they touched on it plenty. Like they they touched on the concept of like what is driving this man, like what is his artistry. But ultimately, and they've they've discussed this. They don't really know. Like yeah. they right. they could not get inside the head of this just like immovable object that is Tommy Wiseau, and the movie suffered because of it. Uh, it was a fun watch, but uncut Franco's better in it, every way. Franco's performance. Yeah, and not take anything away from that man. Him he or fucking Dan, which knocks, one? Which Franco? 
Oh, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, Dave, D- you know, Dave, bless, Dave bless his heart, it. bless his um, heart, but it's James, James knocks it out of the fucking park in that movie. I, going back to Disasters, I think we were too scared to admit it at the time that we saw it because Disaster Artist, we hyped that movie up so goddamn much. Yeah. We, watched, we were all uh, fans of the room, of the room, not room, the room. <laughs> um, and so hyped for this one of the best uh trailers that's come out in years yeah um we were so hyped for this movie i don't think that any of us wanted to admit that we were at least a little bit disappointed at the time but i think it's safe to say now that we have just not thought about this movie for years that it was it just kind of came and went yeah so it's uncut gems uh i will say uh listeners should know that hunter has been staring directly into the depths of that uncut gems blu-ray and his entire life is playing out in his head as he transports into the psychedelic realm of the blu-ray um gem wait i can i just read you uh um the uh the review that's on the front of it from um the telegraph uh five stars a mythologically great performance from Adam Sandler. Man, I want my job one day to just write for places and to just write shit like a mythologically great <laughs> performance by this guy so that it goes on the Blu-ray cover. <laughs> All right, next round. Oh, no. How did I not see this until now? You motherfucker. <laughs> yep. The witch versus the lighthouse. We've had too many just easy. I'm starting to make it difficult on you guys here. This, this lower bracket here. If you, uh, the, uh, South division of the bracket, if you will, um, it's uh there's some tough round one matchups. We got the Vava itch against the lighthouse Two Eggers joints going up against each other. I don't know how, I don't know what to do right now. I'm completely awestruck. I mean, I know where Drew's going to go, but I don't know where Hunter's going to go. Oh, fuck. So I'm going for the lighthouse um, because these are both, I can understand your your stress right now, Ernie. Um, one big, not not a knock, but one big difference between the lighthouse and the witch is that uh, the dialogue of both movies is almost impossible to traverse without subtitles. However, The Witch depends on dialogue a lot more than The Lighthouse does. The Lighthouse is very much a five sentences uh, sort of experience uh, in the sense that you cannot physically experience. You are imagining, for example, smell. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then like the, the sound aside from uh, dialogue is a lot more in the spotlight of the lighthouse. The visuals are more striking, more hard choices were made. Whether or not they pay off uh, comes down to the individual viewer. Uh, I think that it's flawlessly executed. Um, and we're talking about, again, the difference between maybe a 9.5 and an 8.5. Uh, so I, I go lighthouse every time with this. And I, I didn't even get into performances. Oh, man. I... My head is spinning right now. I love the lighthouse. I love Defoe. I love Pattinson. I love Eggers. He's on my director draft. This hurts me. 
I, I'm in I'm in crippling pain right now to have to make this choice right now. Well, you can just like let for, Connor vote. Exactly. For the sake. No, here's what I'm going to do. For the sake of the pod, I'm going to get Hunter to make the 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 tiebreaker i'm gonna go the witch man i could ruin drew's day right now. <laughs> i could i could come in here i could be like fucking think about I could, enemy i could be i could be steph curry at davidson just make a run into the sweet 16 right now with this shit team if you uh, picked if you pick the witch i'm going to pick lean on pete <laughs> you're gonna retroactively pick lean up Pete. yes no, that's allowed I, I it hurts me because i do i really love the witch but i have to give it to the lighthouse i think the lighthouse is i mean one of the things that pushes it over the edge for me the cinematography is gorgeous in both of them but i think we talked about it at the time of our review but the cinematography some of the stuff that they do in the lighthouse is like stuff that will be taught in film schools yeah like it is just the aspect ratio to the color grading like that is how to do black and white in film is yeah. what they do with the lighthouse it um, is uh mythologically good cinematography yes, literally uh, mythologically yes. literally <laughs> um i did also want to say because we did talk about the performances i shouted to Annie taylor joy she will never get enough representation for how incredible of an actress she is and such a great face uh for uh especially for like a horror role like this and just kind of like letting things play off of her and like she can just emote and it tells you all that you need to know about that scene and how she's feeling uh but the two-hander in the lighthouse is such a throwback the odes to bergman and some of the other greats and everything that you see in the lighthouse I, i gotta give it to that film so the lighthouse advances Here's a uh, an analogy that I just thought of for fans of devs uh, on uh, FX on Hulu. The witch is to fuzzy devs as the lighthouse is to crystal clear devs. The rendering <laughs> on the computer because it's it's. Uh, Robert Eggers trying to time travel via filmmaking. And in The Witch, he gets damn close, but it's not quite there. Not quite there. And in The Lighthouse, it's like, oh, we're literally in like 1800s Lighthouse Keeper world right now. Like we just travel through time. And and yeah. and things were black and white back then, as we all know. The the world yeah. was all black and white. Yes, yes. Color didn't exist until 1939. Yeah. So. The lighthouse um, is the right pick here. All right. So next one, the Florida Project versus the Farewell. Another really really tough pick. Well, I, I mean, what's going to be even tougher is the next round in yeah. this bracket. Well, oh, my fuck. my God. We'll get there. We'll get there in a second. But well, I look. I will. I, I, I can go first here on this one. Um, I think that the farewell is a really lovely film. Um, I think so I guess Lulu, you picked it, huh? <laughs> no, I think I think Lulu Wong did great. I'm gonna go Stephen A. Smith right now on this uh, podcast. And listen, the farewell is a very good friend of mine. <laughs> I have been to that grandmother's deathbed. Um, 
but I got to give it to the Florida Project here. Yeah, Florida I, Project still, the more I think about that movie and it makes me want to cry. Yeah. Like that the impact that that movie had on me on an emotional level and still has to me on this day. I started to rewatch it the other day because now it's on Netflix. Shout out. Everybody should check it out uh, if you are in the right mindset for it uh, because it is a time. Um, but it is one of the most affecting things I've seen. So, and like I put on, I watched like the first 30 minutes of it and I like had to stop it. Cause I was like doing other things and I was like, Oh, I can't just have this on the background. Cause this is just kind of like put me in a weird headspace for yeah. the rest of the day. Uh, but I got the floor project just affects me so much more than the farewell. Yeah, totally agree. The farewell is an incredible movie in its mm-hmm. own right. I think it's one of the best things a 24 has put out ever but it's not better than the florida project florida project is just a whole nother level it's not to say that it's like a wide margin because they're both very even they both affected me viscerally on an emotional level but you know looking at this matchup it's 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 impossible not to go with the florida project just an incredible filmmaking achievement yeah, one of the, if I were to point to a certain aspect that separates the quality of these two movies, which I also agree, listen, they're they're close personal friends to mine, the both of them, <laughs> but um, there are maybe three or four scenes too many in The Farewell in which uh, the events are being over-explained to the audience, and that is not once the problem in the in uh, in the Florida Project. The Farewell takes too much time to say, wow, I guess our cultures are really different. Yeah. Uh, the Florida Project has unbelievably weighty themes, and it doesn't uh, telegraph any of those over to the viewer. Agreed. I, yeah, I did want to say, I mean, Sean Baker, please, please make another movie. Uh, is Tangerine uh, a 24 movie? Because if so, I did miss putting that on this list. I believe it is, maybe. I'm not sure now. I, I can't remember if it is or not. I mean, it's also extremely low budget, so I could see it being a 24. Um, no, it's not. It, okay. Oh, my God. It is Duplass. Oh, yeah. It's Duplass, a Duplass Bros. Brothers production. Yeah. Wow, distributed by, Magno- by uh, Magnolia was the distribution company. So, but yeah, no, I and also I did keep in mind second round matchups, and just keep in mind a little bit of a preview. We will have Defoe against Defoe next round with all the right. Florida Project. So we have two more here in the first round. Uh, this is another really tough one. This, yeah, this whole bracket is truly rough. First, uh, the, the whole bottom right versus eighth grade. Wow. They, I, I feel like this is actually the toughest one yet. I, I, I want to go last year because <laughs> I want to see what you two say as uh these these were literally my number one and number two of the year of 2018. And it was even hard then to pick a number one and number two. Uh and first reformed is one of those movies that gets more and more mm-hmm. uh baked in to myself and my perception of the world every single fucking day as we're stuck in the middle of a fucking global pandemic and we think about how will God forgive us for what we've done to his creation. So I 
God damn it. I love Drew, eighth grade. Drew, I know that you're going to, you're going to go with eighth grade right here, Drew. Don't tell me what I'm going to do. No, I, I just, I, th- I think I know you well enough. I am uh, going to go with eighth grade. It's one of my, okay. uh, like you said on Letterbox, it's in my top four. Uh, I, I felt every moment of eighth grade on an existential level. Uh, and that hasn't been recreated since, uh, except for like older movies that I've seen. But uh, to me, it, it, it rang so true deeply personally, uh, while also being about an entirely different subset of human being. And that's one of the hardest single achievements you can have in film, I think. Uh, this is the toughest matchup so far, uh, pretty handedly for me, even, even harder than Lighthouse versus Witch. Uh, because these movies are tough to compare. <laughs> yeah, uh, they are not similar movies. Uh, aside um, from aside from both uh, being relatively quiet and also both uh, smaller scale movies that have larger scale implications. First Reformed much more so than Eighth Grade. And just zeroing in on a single character, you know, well, just kind of exploring that character. Well, I mean, a little bit of background. I put these two together. Uh, one, because I wanted to have a very tough matchup in the first round for you guys. And also because I think that while they are vastly different, they do share some of the same themes. One of them is about a man at the end of his life. And one of them is that a young woman at the beginning of her life. And both of them are grappling with identity and what who they should be as people and trying to come to terms with that and what that means for themselves and how they'll show themselves to the world or to a higher power. And so they do kind of have a a few different like kind of tonal things that are like you guys said, a big ideas in a small story. Okay. So Drew's going eighth grade. I'm going to go first reformed. It's up to you, Hunter. What is uh what is your knock on eighth grade, Ernie? It's it's not a knock. I just I have been thinking a lot about first reformed lately as we're in the middle of this pandemic crisis. And mm-hmm. although I love eighth grade and I think it's a perfect movie, and Bo Burnham just gave us a masterpiece on his first try, first reformed and the themes it explores and the way that uh, uh Ernst Toller character is just exploring his demise of his faith in humanity is just really connecting with me right, right now. I was I was ready to I was ready to fight you. I guess I won't. <laughs> I was um, the only the only because the only knock that I have against first reform is that its female characters are awfully written, uh, extremely shallow, and they exist in the eye of male characters. And also it's a sad movie. You know, eighth grade, you don't, you're not horribly like distraught and depressed after seeing it. First Reformed, it's like, I honestly don't know if I, when I'll be able to watch that movie again. But for the purposes of this bracket, I'm going to pick it because it's very, very resonant right now. So you're leaving it up to me here. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I don't like to do that. This hurts because I really, really, really do love both movies. And it's going to hurt me to knock out either one of these films. Just do it. But 
for the reasons that you said, Ernest, I'm picking First Reformed. Oh, I really, shit. I really have been thinking about First Reformed a lot. To, I watched First Reformed fairly recently, and it was before the actual, um, the whole pandemic crisis like really blew up. I think I watched it in like January or so, but my God, is this movie, it's just a masterpiece. The more and more I'm looking at, I'm like, why, like this movie really could have very easily just been my number one. Like this is such a perfect film in every way. I think that Paul Schrader, like this is one of the best things that he has ever done. And that's going through one of the most accomplished writers of like the last 50 years. And I just think that this is absolutely incredible. I think that Ethan Hawke gives one of my favorite performances ever. And I am putting this in advance, also knowing that Bo Burnham has a very bright future ahead of him. Bo Burnham will probably end up on a lot of other lists with a lot of other movies down the line. And yeah. I want to give one give one to Paul Schrader here. Also, we should say Drew is wrapping himself in barbed wire. <laughs> He has put on a suicide vest. I see. Drew, he was don't just drink- do it. He was drinking whiskey and he's pouring. Oh my God. Is he pouring Pepto-Bismol into his whiskey right now? He's just zooming into it on his camera. That's more of a heartburn thing than anything. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't think too much about it. Uh, I can't be, I can't be very upset because first reformed is a masterpiece. Um, that said, if don't come over because at any <laughs> moment I could fucking explode if I wanted to. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. I almost made a spoiler for uh, First Reformed earlier involving Ernest and uh, ecological uh, things, but I decided to save that. Go watch First Reformed. It's a goddamn masterpiece. We should also say real quick, um, download the app Canopy with a K. It has Um, every single one of these movies. If you have a library card, you can watch any of these movies that we're talking about on here. They have A24's entire library on there. Life hack, baby. Uh, support your local libraries. All right. Yes. Uh, final first round matchup, The Souvenir versus A Ghost Story. Uh, I haven't seen a souven- The Souvenir. I really want to. I'm going to go A Ghost Story. It's an incredible movie. David Lowry, um, just very unique, very creative, amazing movie. Hunter, go Do- ahead. Have you seen A Ghost Story? I know you haven't seen The Souvenir. I, I will- thought that Ernest might have seen The Souvenir, but... I have seen neither. Okay. Um, well, for the sanctity of uh, you not being able to have a vote, and so we don't <laughs> just sit here with a tie to advance, I will go with the ghost story. The souvenir is a really, really interesting story by Joanna Hogg. Um, a ghost story is one of the most depressing films I've ever seen, and I actually think about ghost story a lot. Yeah. Um, and just, I mean... Casey Affleck, bad dude, but that is, he doesn't really do much. He's just like in a cloak. He's in a sheet. uh, That is David Lowry. I can't wait to see. I hope that the Green Knight comes out this year because I'm buying David Lowry stock. Oh, that's that's a David Lowry movie? Yep. Yeah, it's a David Lowry film. It's supposed to come out in like next month. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, no way. It looks great though. Yeah. All right. Next round, boys. We're in the sweet 16 now, boys. First up, Ladybird versus Swiss Army Man. Uh, gotta give it up for Daniels. Love your movie. Love your work. Fun, fun, incredible. Uh, just super creative work that you put together. But Greta Gerwig, uh, just 
gave us a masterpiece on her first try and got to go with ladybird it's ladybird yeah we don't need to delineate this too much it is ladybird uh it was nice to have your 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 rotting corpse daniel ratcliffe uh farted at you into the sweet 16 but it won't fart you any farther uh so fart you, you any farter uh so next up we have this is a tough one now yeah we got safties against ari aster Woo! hereditary against good time this is really tough who wants to go first i don't want to go first this is hard <laughs> hereditary is amazing good I, time's also amazing both just they they i mean i know that the safties like Good Time is not their first movie, but it's it's the first movie that like a lot of people were introduced to their work. Um, so both of these kind of match up as like that shot out of the cannon, like boom, we're here. Yeah, it's that instant arrival for both of them. Um, yeah, I mean, both of these are extremely viscerally affecting movies in very different ways uh both of them were movies that after seeing them you're just kind of stuck to your seat and you don't know what to do and just need to like slow breathe your way through the credits to like kind of wrap your head around everything that you just watched oh god i don't want to go drew you go first (laughs) it's too hard i will pick hereditary for this one okay yeah um there, this is in terms of just closeness of quality. This is actually the hardest one so far. It doesn't hurt me as bad as the last one did. Uh, but these are just, yeah, they're both incredible. They're both count as debuts, we'll call them debuts. Uh, and they're, I don't know, I don't know, different strokes, but similar effects. You're correct, Hunter. All right, uh, so Drew is going hereditary just edges it out, uh, based on I think ensemble. Is, Ooh, is is what does it for me point. as opposed to single performance because hereditary has that one showstopper and tony collette but it also has a killer general cast all right so drew's going good or hereditary i'm going good time uh good time i think it, hereditary is an incredible movie and it it changes a lot and it shifts its focus and in, in its plot in ways that are very very unique and compelling but i think the way good time does that the way it keeps you on its toes and it keeps you guessing is a little bit more effective than hereditary when you look at the whole movie as 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 a complete work hereditary it's like uh it kind of makes you like overall a little bit confused um, and good time. It's just it's just a wild ride, and it doesn't really take away from your understanding of the plot to be taken in so many different wild directions. Because ultimately, it's just about the demise of this guy, and your your the sensory overload is just icing on the cake to get you to, to that point. Hereditary's plot, I think, it's a little bit convoluted as it starts to introduce all these elements of like haunting and possession and cults and all these other things and not to take anything away from hereditary but i think good time just keeps a little bit more focused so i'm going good time i i hate this right now (laughs) 
I hate being the deciding vote. I feel like I'm choosing between my children. Ari Aster and the Safdie brothers are like, and not just that, but choosing between like anxiety thrillers and horrors. Like everything about this is really like hurting my soul. And I'm trying to look ahead here. And I'm a little bit worried. Just do it. Just pick. Just I'm just, it. you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry. I love good time. I'm going with hereditary. All right. We got hereditary advancing. Her- hereditary is a theatrical experience that I will never forget for the rest oh, yeah. of my life. I saw that with friend of the book, God, uh, Adam, who hooked me up with an A24 screening ahead of time. And there was like eight people in the theater where we saw it and we both just sat there afterwards like i don't know what to do with my hands uh so i i love you good time the way ari aster uses your the way your eyes adjust to light and shadow in that movie is incredible yeah i mean it is like it is just the sign of a genius coming out of the stage we should say robert pattinson has officially been eliminated from the bracket i'm very sorry uh big pat rob pat daddy no 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 he's he's in the lighthouse he's still in okay okay no he's still in okay okay i'm sorry i'm sorry next round ex machina versus mid somar i will go first on this one Midsommar is a masterpiece in every single goddamn way. Uh, it's, I think that it's a better movie than Hereditary. I think that everything that Ari Aster does with Hereditary with darkness, he showcases that he can do the same thing in light, which makes it even more terrifying. The way that he can draw on trauma and fear and anxiety, and he doesn't hide behind the shelter of darkness is just absolutely genius. Um, possibly like the greatest breakup movie ever made. Uh, Midsommar is my pick. Amazing movie. I think I'm going to go with Ex Machina though. Because yeah. Alex Garland in a post-devs world, I think thrives in keeping his stories small and letting his actors cook and evolve beyond what is on the page. Um, and I think Ex Machina is just the perfect example of like, let's just keep things as simple as possible and let these actors just bloom. And I think it's one of the best movies that A24 has given us. It's incredibly compelling, uh, incredibly effective, so simple, so, uh, big and bold and just really deep concepts while still keeping that streamlined approach. Um, so I guess it just comes down to you, Drew. Well, I've seen one of these. <laughs> oh, that's right. You still haven't seen, seen Midsommar. So you got to give it to the one that you've seen. So you know what? Hey, I will say I'm not I'm not upset by losing to Ex Machina. I think Ex Machina is an absolute genius piece, piece of sci-fi. I really, really, really love this movie. Um, do we think, is there just just the slightest of possibilities that this might be the best thing that Alex Garland ever does? Could happen. 
I I don't want to speak too soon for my I guy. I don't want to speak too soon. I'm not I'm not saying that it is. I'm just I just think you know I really liked Annihilation. I enjoyed Devs, but I am I that there are a little bit of rumblings of like yeah. all right, Alex, you like you started to give me something. You like almost made a promise with me with Ex Machina. Like there was more. I'm still waiting just a little bit for it. All right, Ex Machina advances. Wow, Midsommar out. That's a big this one. Is, this is another reason why I picked Hereditary is because I looked ahead on the board and I couldn't have Ari out already. Next matchup, Green Room versus Room. We got room two versus Room. <laughs> We're keeping the rooms going together. <laughs> oh, man, this one's hard. This one's hard. I love both of these movies, both very, very different movies. Um. Green Room is very effective with how it, you know, just amps up the fucking violence. Very, very violent movie, visceral. But I got to give it to Room. Just the emotion of it is is just that, that uh, you know, kind of what gets it over the line for me. I, I agree with you here. I can't make the case for Green Room. I really like Green Room. I think that is a really, really good movie. Uh, of course, we've already talked about Anton Yelchin, how great he is in that movie, but I just, Room is just so affecting. So, so emotionally effective. Um, all right, so Room advances. Moving on to Moonlight versus Under the Skin. Again, Moonlight is my number one pick. I got to go Moonlight. It's a poetic masterpiece of filmmaking. So you know what? We've been going through this list and, you know, it might be a little bit chalked to some people. But it's time for an upset. And this is just me personally speaking. I love Moonlight. I think Moonlight is an absolute amazing movie. Under the Skin still affects me more to this day and i think about under the skin more than i think about moonlight i think that under the skin is one of the greatest art house films of the last 10 20 years i think that what jonathan glazer made is absolutely incredible and so inventive and wild of a story and i would just rather rewatch under the skin than moonlight and i know oh, yeah Drew? You know, you know what? Hunter, what were you saying? No, no, I'm just saying it's it's on you, Drew. What uh um I haven't seen Moonlight. I'm gonna vote for Moonlight. Um you cannot do that. We've already established <laughs> the rules that you have no, we haven't that that's have not true. Seen. We haven't established I have to. I'm voting for Moonlight. Move on. And is Moonlight <laughs> going to win your bracket without ever you seeing this movie? I don't know, you know, it could. <laughs> no, it's I'm not going skin. to. Under However, the skin is is I still think under the skin is a fucking masterpiece, and I, I everybody needs to see this. Movie. Moonlight moves on. Hey, did you guys hear that they're working? I'm, I'm as wrong as I was back in 2016 when I was cheering for La La Land to win Best Picture. Yeah, maybe you're just not a queer person of color. <laughs> I guess no, I just whoa. don't get could it. You, yeah, could you believe it? <laughs> I guess I just don't get it. Like, what's the big deal? <laughs> Did you guys hear that they're making an under the skin TV series? Yeah, I want to know what Glazer's what involvement is. What? Uh, in no, that that just in general, just I don't like that idea. I don't yeah. want to see that. I'm trying to I'm trying that is to... a one and done idea the, that is movie length. Sequences where it is like 
literally completely black around a person and they're just walking into the ground into the black ground or taking their her scar joe is taking her prey and with her Master i don't know how they're gonna pull it off it's what is the fucking show is it a procedural <laughs> Every no episode, I'm, I'm reading there's an there's article like cops on, hunting her down no it's it's not i don't even know if it's gonna be with scarlet i i doubt it uh yeah, they it, they're not even saying whether Glazer is even involved or not. That is just one of the last movies I would ever think would need a show. That movie is just open and shut. I feel yeah. like this this might not this might not even happen. It's like a non-news item. Anyway, let's move on to Enemy versus Uncut Gems. Tough for Hunter specifically here. Why don't well, you start, Hunter? Okay, well, no, you guys start. I'm going to grab, and like the last time, I'm going to grab a Blu-ray to give my answer to oh, this. Boy, well, if we he go. doesn't already have it, then that means it's Enemy. <laughs> so we've you've already showed your hand. I'm voting for Uncut Gems. I think it is overall a better no! movie than Enemy. No! <laughs> I truly do. All right, he grabbed his, he grabbed his. Are, are we sure this is the same Hunter? Or are you a, a more well-adjusted bearded hunter? Just keep in mind that. Do you really want to be on Denis Villeneuve's bad side here? Uh, I don't care. This will not get back. You you guys are expressing a hey, lot of guilt hey. about your picks. This is not getting back to any of these people. We don't matter. Hey, I just want you to know I have both movies here at the same time. Both oh, oh, that's a cool boy. cover for Enemy. Yeah, it's a great cover for Enemy. Also, don't, cool let, don't let us sway your vote. Don't let the cover um, change your vote, Ernie. Oh, man. This is tough. I'm going on Cut Gems. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you. I hate this podcast. This game is stupid. I'm canceling this fucking bracket. This bracket's over. It's Uncut Gems, baby. It's a fucking amazing movie. Not to take anything away from Enemy, but... Okay, well, guess what? On. I just took your tickets away. You're not allowed to see Dune now. You have to oh, change your profile shit. picture on Letterboxd. Damn it. So, yeah. No, so my, my daddy, Duke Leto. Can we just... I, let's just talk more <laughs> about Enemy, guys. Enemy <laughs> is just... It's so good. It's so good. And it no is. one ever appreciate Enemy for how much of a fucking stone-cold masterpiece it is for just being this little film about two Jake Gyllenhaals. It is perfect script and story, and it is a movie that you think about and you keep thinking about. And I love Uncut Gems. I really, really love Uncut Gems. But it's not Enemy. Look, I prefer um, The weekend being all sexual than uh, a giant spider. Sorry. That's Fair the wrong point. take. I want that spider inside of me if that spider is Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> Crawl inside my butthole. All right. Here is the Defoe versus Defoe matchup. The Lighthouse versus the Florida Project. This is this, the one that Drew is going to... This is really, really brutal. And I'm surprising myself, but I'm not even questioning that I'm going with the Florida Project here. Whoa, I'm shocked. I think I can't it's a believe that. I, I, they're both like <laughs> in my eyes, they're both essentially tense. They're some of my favorite movies that have come out in my lifetime. Uh, and the Florida Project 
carries more of an aftershock to it than the lighthouse does. The lighthouse carries the jaw on the floor in the moment aspect, and then you need to parse it through afterward just to like make sense of what you've seen. Mm-hmm. The Florida Project is one of the most emotionally uh, resonant movies I've ever seen, and on top of that, it's wholly unique. Uh, it is uh, artistically uh, inscrutable, or not inscrutable. I guess like you cannot you cannot critique the art of Florida Project. It's gorgeous. Uh, like, I don't, I don't really know how to delineate, but it's just a, a soulful decision here. Well, I, they're almost on complete opposite ends of the cinematic spectrum, mm-hmm. you know, on, on, it, it's almost impossible to compare these two movies, but I'm going to have to agree with you. I, I got to go with Florida Project as well, because it's just the, the, the realism of it. And the fact that it's set in our backyard here in Central Florida and that it shows a side of our community that never gets its spotlight uh, in cinema. And it's just heart-wrenchingly real and heartbreaking, but also like really hopeful and beautiful in a way. all at once while having incredible performances from both the kids and Defoe, just a phenomenal movie. I cannot believe that we are unanimous on this. I thought that was going to be alone on Florida project Island here and that you guys, I mean, of course we love the lighthouse. We have been championing. We are the official podcast of the lighthouse here. We bought a mic. We, we love the lighthouse. We stand the lighthouse, but for all the reasons that you said that Florida project highlights this. I mean, it's something that Sean Baker also did with Tangerine as well, but just highlighting a part of society that never gets any kind of recognition whatsoever, specifically in Orlando in the backyard of Disney world too. Mm-hmm. these kind of places. Like, I mean, I remember like going after, uh, well, like, about a year ago or so we were just driving around and like we tried to like find the magic castle where they shoot this kind of stuff as we're doing it like just got really sad because we're like oh it's like a fun like touristy thing on the outside but like there are real people that like live here like this is not just like a fun other world like it's not like magical place on earth for these people like it's just people that are struggling trying to get by their the underside yeah all so, right. yeah, it's the floor project. All right, next matchup. First Reformed versus a ghost story. So both kind of ethereal, sort of uh, mystical in a way, uh, although one is a lot more ethereal and mystical than the other. Um, I think David Lowry gave us something really, really uh, unique with a ghost story. It's one of the most creative movies I've ever seen. but. For all the reasons we mentioned in the previous round, First Reformed is just on another level, and I got to go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm in agreement there. I mean, I really love a ghost story. Like I said, I have been thinking about it a lot. I do think about it a lot uh, in the way that it depicts kind of death and everything else. Specifically, there's one moment when – Casey Affleck ghost is stuck inside his house and just like looks across the way at a different house and there's just another ghost in the house and stuff. Oh yeah. And I just I think about certain scenes or like when a new family moves in, there's having a party and he's just floating around everywhere. Very like it's a movie that will make you feel feelings, but 
or I, when or when it oh my god i don't even know how deep in it, it's hard to like spoil a movie it's weird as this but when it's like when it gets to the point where you see like this almost like a pioneer age family that's just like chopping yeah. wood <laughs> like building a little cottage and then suddenly they're just like bones in the earth uh man also shout out to the the song that they made for the oh yeah movie uh who made that song it i don't is, know it is a really good song that casey affleck supposedly wrote yeah um, his yeah. character did um yeah no i mean the score of a ghost story is absolutely because there's like very very minimal dialogue it's all carried by the direction and the score um yeah great movie but it's not first reformed yeah we'll give it to first reformed all right here we Elite go. Eight. We're getting into the the nitty gritty here. Ladybird versus Hereditary. How the fuck we feeling about this one? I'll go Ladybird. Uh, they're both incredible. Uh, and Ladybird is the one that I have rewatched multiple times when given the opportunity to rewatch both. I've seen Hereditary twice, and it's still just an incredible fucking movie. Deserves to get as far as it's gone. Yeah, um, agreed. But, you know, it's going up against uh, one seed. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Yeah. I'm going Lady Bird too. Hereditary had a nice run here, but I there's a reason why Lady Bird is kind of like the number one seed in this entire uh, left side here. And that's that it is perfect in every single way. And therefore, Lady Bird's going to move on to the final four. All right. Sorry, Hereditary. We loved you. We'd love to see you. But we're giving it to Ladybird. Next matchup, Ex Machina versus Room. Um, very different movies. They're both very <laughs> contained. They're both very like minimalistic. They still all take place in a house for the most part. For the most part, yeah. All great performances all the way across the board. Um, you know, even though Room is the more emotional experience. Um, I think I have to give it to Ex Machina because it it is just so it's more of like an artistic achievement in my mind. You know, the way the robot looks, the way that that visual effect is communicated and how unique it is, and just the way the the, the concepts of artificial intelligence and free will are encapsulated in such a simple story that doesn't overtake the characters it's still a movie about characters alex it's alex garland didn't let the ideas overtake his characters um and i think that's just a little bit more of a difficult achievement to award so i'm going to go to uh uh ex machina for this one um i will i'm going to pick room here um, I do really, I love, love both of these movies, but I think that Room is, it's just a little bit more put together of a story. I also think that it is, it does have more emotional resonance than Ex Machina. Ex Machina is definitely more um, ambitious with what it's trying to get across and these themes of kind of existentialism, and of course, AI, uh, but I do think that Room is just, it's a little bit more tightly bound 
Um, and for that reason, I will give it to Room. It is, I mean, I will credit Ex Machina. That I think that is an absolutely, it is an excellent movie, but I will pick Room here. Well, what do I do? I mean, I haven't fucking, I feel like you guys need to come to an agreement amongst yourselves here. I haven't, have you not seen Room? No. Oh, I thought you've seen Room here. I thought that's why you were just championing Room this whole time. I have not said um, a word about Room. <laughs> Go watch Room. Room is an uh, incredible movie. Um, what are we going to do here, Ernest? I see that you've already highlighted X Machina <laughs> to on to the next round. So it's looking like I'm not having a choice here. I'm not having any kind of a voice. Drew, you got to vote. That's not fair. Uh, I, th- I mean, I've seen X Machina. I have... Uh, on pod before like picked bones with ex machina though like i don't i think it's far from you know what you've seen it though you have seen it so we'll move ex machina on because of that (laughs) i'm going by the rule that you have set for yourself that you did not follow with uh earlier in the podcast but that's okay i don't think i said that at any point all right so are we doing are we we doing ex machina then yeah we can do ex machina that's all right. <laughs> Ex Machina is advancing. Good Sorry, for you. This room. is the you peaked in your first movie. Good for you, Alex. I'm Sorry, just kidding. Room. I wish you nothing but the best. I, I enjoy you as next director. matchup: Moonlight versus Uncut Gems. <laughs> this is the most ridiculous matchup yet. Uh wow. I mean, woof. You know what? I I think. I, I I don't know if it's going to advance, but I got to go Moonlight. For me, I'm holding up my answer. <laughs> He's holding the, the blue as we talk. It is Uncut Gems again. It is Uncut Gems. Look, I'm very upset about Uncut Gems being enemy. I will not get over that on this podcast. Um, but once again, it's the same thing. I love Moonlight. I cannot express that enough. I do not want to be aggregated into a Moonlight hater. Or this a, whole thing is just subjective opinion. A La La Land apologist, if you will. Um, but I just I love Uncut. I think Uncut Gems. No movie has given me more joy in recent years than Uncut Gems. I rewatched it on a plane recently, and guy like hit me at one point because I was just like smiling at one point without even knowing that I was doing it. I was just so happy, just having a great time. Yeah, you're looking creepy as fuck. You're looking like you're about to do some sketchy shit. So in this <laughs> case, I I will go Uncut Gems. Uh, That's what I thought. I think that Uncut Gems is better than Under the Skin, and therefore I, 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 just, I have a hard time imagining that Moonlight is worse than Under the Skin, but I, I can't imagine a world in which Uncut Gems is. And that's what this is all about. It's just guessing, right? That's the whole point <laughs> of like having a film podcast is you just completely base your answers on nothing at all, except for like your vibes. You're just like looking like with every answer, you're just like going on Wikipedia and reading the plot synopsis. Yeah, just look at the like, poster. Well, I don't like how that act resolves itself in this plot description. <laughs> I really liked how it was uh, like reading my screen. Uh, movie with uh, actors. <laughs> <laughs> like I just don't know fucking anything. Uncut oh. gems. Let's move on here. Um, you know, I'll, uncut I'll, gems in the final four. Let's fucking go, baby. This I, is how I win. I I wanna I wanna sing a little uh, eulogy here from Moonlight. Uh, best picture winner. The only best picture winner in this whole bracket. <laughs> 
Um, incredible movie. My number one A24 movie. A piece I, of poetic filmmaking for Mr. Barry Jenkins. Look, if we were doing just a straight up list of top A24 movies, I think that this would come in at number three in my list. Number three or no, probably number four in my list of just favorite uh, A24 movies. I really love it. It's just somehow it's just how the it's just how the bracket works out sometimes. All right, next one: the Florida Project versus First Reformed. Whole this one is fuck. really rough because they actually do generate like relatively similar feelings and also use a lot of similar filmmaking techniques to achieve that. Mm-hmm. Just a Sean lot Baker of is a big Paul Schrader fan. Like yeah, a lot of empty spaces, a lot of silence, a lot of uh, just pensively. Uh, assessing a desolate situation that you know yeah. is doomed. Uh, the difference being that in uh, First Reformed, we are following a character who fully knows that he's doomed. And in uh, Florida Project, it's almost even more tragic because we're following a character who has no fucking clue what's happening around her. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really, really tricky. And I don't want to go first for this one, actually. I this think the- I think this is an interesting matchup because... I don't want to spoil either of these movies, but they both have endings that are both very yeah. what the fuck endings. Very, where, very up to your own interpretation style endings. Yeah, they both end on a note where you're just like, wait, what? What am I supposed to make of what just happened? Like you're watching a movie that suddenly changes completely in the last like five minutes and so you're left to think did that really fucking happen exactly so a lot of similarities yeah so on that note i think i have to go with the one that left me feeling better not necessarily better about myself but better about like how well the movie stuck the landing i can't believe i'm saying this first reformed I'm, I'm going to go first reform because it, it, um, yeah, yeah. First reform because al- although Florida project is absolutely perfect. I think what it does at the very end is a little bit disingenuous in my head compared hmm. to what first reform does in its end. I will go first reformed as well and give it the win here Woo! because I think it, for me, it doesn't even come down to the execution of the ending. Although I do kind of agree with what you said. I also uh, liked the ending of Florida Project more than a lot of people. But I think the end of the second uh, rounding into the third act of Florida Project, there are maybe just one or two scenes that could have been snip snapped a little. And I think First Reformed is extremely economical. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that is that is the tiniest of nits that uh, advances first reform for me. Yeah, I I will say I was also going to pick first reformed here. It is like it's a razor thin margin for me because I also I really, really love the ending like the ending, I think, in a way kind of really makes the third act for me like that you need that moment of relief and of happiness, even if it's so short-lived and possibly not even real without actually getting into the spoilers of it all. Um, but I, I do think that First Reformed is just overall just a little bit more cohesive 
of a story and what it's trying to get across and juggling the two main story arcs that we follow, or I guess three main story arcs that we follow. I think that they gel just a little bit better in First Reformed. Fair enough, fair enough. Beautiful. Both of them do kind of make you a little bit sad about life. Yeah. Um, so I, I yeah, it, it, that's the thing is like for me, I think for uh, Florida Project is a little bit more confused about what it's trying to make you feel with its ending than First Reformed. I think First Reformed is is a little bit more sure about it. and mm-hmm. and you know we could get into a whole discussion about that full spoilers on a different uh, podcast, but First Reform advances. Let's move on to the final four. Here, wait, I'm going to grab all four of these Blu-rays and I will hold up my answer that way to determine Jesus the winners. That's Christ. really great for a podcast audience. Yeah, it's really good for a visual, for an auditory <laughs> medium. Um, do you have the blues? Oh, he's, he's there. Getting, he he's getting them. I guess I'll go grab a White Claw then. We'll take a breather. <laughs> all right. I have decided that the a uh, black cherry white claw is the best one. Yeah, it's up there. Yeah, it's it's my number one. Lemon is my number two. My number one is lemon. Lemon um, or lime? No, the new variety pack has lemon. Oh, lemon's great. Uh, yeah, because lime you know, lime is not not great. Yeah. All right, Hunter, you ready? So first matchup: Ladybird versus X Machina. And I think this is a little bit easier than I expected it to be for the final four. For uh, me, La- Ladybird right here. Yeah, it's Ladybird. I, I go Ladybird. You go Ladybird. Hunter's left again. Somehow. <laughs> Hunter's left again. He already got the Blu-rays. Well, oh, we already we have. Yeah, the- it doesn't matter. Yeah, we should just completely ignore him <laughs> yeah, we have- when he comes back. Oh, he's got it. He's holding okay, it up. Okay, it's Ladybird. Well, yeah. good. I, I forgot. Uh, I have no idea how I just forgot. Greta Gertwig's Lady Bird moves on to the final round. Yeah, I mean, it's almost, it's not even a contest at that point. Again, I I stand for X Machina as long as I could, but it's no match versus Lady Bird. I think X Machina is a flawed movie. Uh, Still a very, very, very good movie. And I think Lady Bird rewatched it recently. And even in the background, it was just on. And it generates this feeling uh, that is very subjective, but yet all of this is. You feel like you're watching a very, very special movie. Like you're watching something that is mm-hmm. sort of uh, one in a million and yet somehow encapsulates uh, everyone's experiences at the same time. Yeah, timeless. Timeless, yeah, like just, instant just... classic. Instant classic, which is a term that becomes like kind of overused to the point where it's like meaningless sometimes. But then you see a movie like Lady Bird and you're like, oh, okay. So there, there is a scenario where this term really does apply. All right. Uncut Gems versus First Reformed. These are about as two totally different <laughs> movies as you can possibly have. Like they are different in almost every single way, aside from starring two white men. One is a frenetic, nonstop, panic-inducing roller coaster ride, and the other one is like this really slow, pensive, brooding buildup of dread. 
Yeah, I mean, it's also, it, both of them were two leads that were both snubbed for Oscars, Ooh, giving yeah. drastically different roles with each other, but two, each of them gave my favorite um, my favorite acting job by any male in a movie in their respective years. Ethan Hawke adds uh, an insane amount to First Reform because some of the dialogue, and I think it's on purpose. I think it's because Schrader was drawing from almost biblical stories. A lot of the dialogue sounds like the Bible, which is not the best written stories you've ever heard in which like someone's going, father, father, uh, I've become, you know, like I've become uh, morose. Like it's just <laughs> the, the movie needed humanity outside of dialogue because it wasn't getting the most from that. And Ethan Hawke, uh the absolute abject pain in his eyes is yes. just unbelievably good and the mo- the the camera is like really close to his face and it's perfectly still just these locked in tripod shots that do not budge and just zeroed in on a close up of him but that distinction is also applicable to Sandler's plus minus in Uncut Gems. And I personally am giving the edge to Uncut Gems because Whoa. it's on the other end of the spectrum because it is so heavily improvised and in such a setting in which like everyone felt free to go loosey-goosey with dialogue that you are absolutely lost in this just like pastiche of scenes where... <laughs> Yeah, like 10 people are talking at once, and yet it's somehow legible. Uh, it's one of the most crowning achievements I've ever seen in cinema. And this is another flawed movie in different ways that I'll All right. probably get to later. I'm going to first. I'm going to go first. Reform. God damn it. Don't make me do this. Yes. Please, please don't do this to me. It's up to you once oh, again. Oh, no. I hate this. I hate this game now. I don't <laughs> want to do brackets anymore. Fuck this is so hard. I this love is, Uncut Gems, but everything I, that we've said about First Reformed on this podcast right now just has me appreciating it even more so. And everything you just said about Ethan Hawke elevates the movie even more for me. And he was absolutely robbed of an Oscar. Just fucking robbed even so Even of hard. a nomination, right? Yeah, yeah. he didn't even yeah. get nominated. Neither Same with Sandler. Like, yeah, it's... It's almost like they suck and make bad choices nowadays. Exactly. It's almost like I'm wasting my time with this Academy Awards watch through that I'm currently (laughs) doing. It's almost like I'm wasting like hundreds of hours of my life right now with this journey that I'm going down. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Um, You got to do it, Hunter. Pull the trigger. Can you guys both sell me on each of these movies a little bit more? No, no. no. (laughs) God, it's so hard. First Reformed is really pulling at your the side of you that has lost faith and humanity the cynical side of you that feels like there's nothing left to long for and that we have destroyed everything to the point beyond repair and it's all captured in Ethan Hawke's incredibly expressive face but at the same time uncut gems makes me want to put out a mortgage on my house and like just bet it all on the nba season to come back in orlando this year and for the celtics to go on a run and win the whole damn thing uh one no tricks point never i'll say and i will also say the very beginning and the very ending are what oh my god yes they they elevate that movie onto another plane well the the Uh, colonoscopy or the the ethiopia mining both oh, okay <laughs> i 
I I like I can't I can't pick. It's so hard. Damn it. Where? <sighs> I'm big baby. Where? <laughs> <sighs> this hurts. This really, really hurts. Listen to your but... heart. When you close your uh, eyes, maybe, what do you see? You know what? Here's the here's do you the see thing. a starving here's polar bear. I am channeling uncut gems right now. I am channeling Adam Sandler in my soul. I'm about to fucking cash in right now. But, oh, I can't get into spoilers for Uncut Gems. So, instead, much like Paul Schrader's direction in First Reform, I'm going to leave some room for God here. And I'm going to put First Reform in the Oh, whoa! This wow. hurt. This I don't. Sucks. I don't think you mean that. I don't mean it. Can I take it back? <laughs> no, Ernest's already highlighting it. It's no, I haven't. I haven't. Fuck me. Give it. Give it to First Reformed. I can't. <laughs> okay. I can't. This hurts. I'm so sorry, Safties. Please forgive me. Listen, First Reformed. The knock is that it is a bit long for what it is. It could have been a bit shorter. It could have been a little more economical and first reformed is very much so. Uncut Gems, I did kind of want it to be like 28 hours long. I wanted to just go on a bender with Adam Sandler here. Yeah, what is Julia Fox's entire subplot there? What is her whole life like? I'm enti- I'm already regretting this decision, but it's too late now. All it's right, been, here we go, boys. We're at the hour 40 mark here and we got to wrap this baby up. So it's the final to the finals. Well, okay, so before we start, we have barely even talked about Lady Bird because Lady Bird has just walked through the competition here. It's just and such it a given. Not, it has not even been close. I know that we just talked about Lady Bird uh, recently because we all had it in our top 10 of movies. Decade. Yeah. Uh, but goddamn, is Lady Bird just so perfect so charming and just works on so many different levels as far as like the humor and the production design and the direction and the writing and the emotional sense of the story and Sorsha Ronan's acting and being every the whole cast and every yes, single performance in the entire ensemble works perfectly in tandem with the entire purpose of the entire story it's all interlockingly perfect. There's nobody out of step in that whole movie. I mean, Lady Bird is getting my vote. I'll say it. Yeah, me too. I th- oh, okay. Then it wins. Sorry, Lady Bird, Lady Bird was, you. no, I'm saying Lady Bird would have beaten Uncut Gems too. I think that's why I just ended up just picking one of them is because. No, it would have. It would have. You're right. It's just. Lady, it, just think Lady Bird was unanimous in Every matchup that it had. Lady Bird is like an undefeated team going into March Madness that just fucking rolled. That is the dream team of A24. And guess what? It would have been easily my vote over any A24 movie that would have gotten matched up against, even if it did have more difficult matchups uh, like in the preliminary rounds. Even if it would have got matched up against Enemy as much Whoa. as it would have okay. hurt me. I would have given Enemy the nod, but it would have hurt me to knock out uh, Lady Bird because Enemy's a perfect film. Here's here's a take about the the young cast of Lady Bird, and I I think that a lot of other people have had this take, but I just want to say it on this episode. This is the the movie that will look back fifteen years from now and look at oh Sorsha Ronan 
uh, Lucas Hedges, Timothy Chalamet, Beanie Feldstein. They were all in the same movie. And a Gerwig movie. And it was written and directed by Greta Gerwig. Like and this, Tracy Letts. And like if we're bringing into even like. Yeah, Laurie Metcalf. Uh, Laurie yeah. Metcalf. I yeah. mean, my God. <laughs> yeah. This is Greta Gerwig's first film that she ever fucking made is this thing. And I mean, I really love Little Women was in our top tens of the year. Like we another a masterpiece, masterpiece in its own right. But, but it's also an adaptation and yeah. it has all this other kind of like, you know, generational baggage on it. Um, this is a wholly original movie based on Gerwig's own life. It's it's very autobiographical. Yeah. And it is just able to be this really naturalistic take uh, on a very familiar story that feels new yeah to me it comes down to uh especially with this final matchup the dialogue in ladybird is i would say a million times better than that in first reformed uh it is the most uh emotionally intelligent movie on this list aside from possibly eighth grade yeah um it it just and but it's emotionally intelligent on two fronts whereas eighth grade is less afraid to alienate its audience uh ladybird doesn't alienate anyone watching i feel that it is universally lovable of course, there will be detractors of any film, but it keeps you on board almost so effortlessly. It, it, you don't even realize how good it is because it doesn't insist that it's good. Like Booksmart, it felt was to me was trying way too hard to be this like generation defining teen movie, mm-hmm. whereas Lady Bird just was one and it trusted that you would get that. Yeah. I do have a question for you, Drew, because I know you are, well, I know you, both of you guys had eighth grade at number one in this list. If eighth grade would have beaten first reformed and would have gone this run to the finals, would you have still picked Ladybird here in the finals? Ooh, that would have been, I think it would have made things a lot more tough. Ladybird is the best, and eighth grade is my favorite. Okay. Yeah, I think I still would have gone Ladybird just because of the, again, the ensemble cast. And yeah, Ladybird is a better film than eighth grade is. It definitely, like, it's, it's, Lady Bird is a better film than almost any film that we've ever talked about. Yeah. Like it, it's too perfect. It's yeah. it's so, I don't know. It just, it flows so effortlessly that you, if you're not really paying attention, you would think like, oh, that's a really good movie. And it, when you pay attention, you're like, oh, wait, every single component of this, there is not, there's not a single frame that wasn't thought about. It's It's just the best. Yeah. And it's our winner. So we did it, guys. We made it to the end of our first bracket a24 made madness holy shit what an experience maybe we'll do another uh bracket matchup later on i know we've been talking about possibly doing a modern rock band bracket so that might be coming at you at some point let us know if you have any suggestions of any other brackets that we might do we might cut it down to 32 instead of 64 this was 64 so it, it was a little bit, little bit. Maybe yeah, this was a, this was thirty two. Oh, it was thirty two. Yeah, it was oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, so we maybe, we just uh, talk too much all <laughs> right, the time. Right, 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 right. So maybe we'll cut it down to sixteen. Yeah, because we're uh, not going to talk any less. <laughs> no, no way, brother. <laughs> for the next one, um, we've also uh, thought about doing um, movie scores 
So that could be another one. Let us know if you want to hear that one. Um, we could do like franchises as well, but that might fuck up the seating and the and the order. You know, if we do like a Pixar bracket, then we'd have to like maybe leave some off or something. So we'll see. We'll see what we can do. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at We Bought a Mic, Letterbox, Instagram, Facebook, all that shit. Let us know what you think. Let us know if Ladybird was your winner um, or if you had a different matchup. You can always email us at WeBoughtAMic at gmail.com with your thoughts. Also, anchor.fm slash WeBoughtAMic if you want to donate. Uh, shout out to Brian and Brett for donating. You guys rock. You keep us going um, in these trying times your podcasters are on the front lines of bringing you entertainment thank you for donating any final thoughts justice for enemy <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm happy about that one i'm happy. all right <laughs> thanks for listening we love you bye bye bye